Today, we're talking about authenticity in the workplace and whether you can bring your whole self to work, whether you should bring your whole self to work. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we're so glad you're here. Thanks for listening to our show. We're excited to talk to you about work, women and work, men in the workplace. Apparently, some men are listening. Men are listening. People who don't identify as men or women in the workplace, regardless of how you identify, we're excited you're here because we want you to be happy and successful and uplifted and excited and engaged in your workplace. And we want you to exercise the power that you have in order to make your workplace exciting and thoughtful and what else, Kirsten? So welcome, everybody. I think it's going to be a good conversation today. Your acknowledgement of our listeners reminds me of something. I had this conversation with my daughter recently. She goes to Bryn Mawr College in Philadelphia, which is an all-women's college, wonderful school, just love it. She loves it. And she was telling me that the school put on a ungendered version of Macbeth. And so she went through and she explained what that looked like. There was no Lady Macbeth. There was just this character. All the pronouns were they or it. And then she was talking about, so she she said, there's a number of people at school, Mom, who don't identify as women. Because I was thinking, if you're going to, at a women's college, and if you're putting on Macbeth, why wouldn't you just have all the roles be women, right? Because you're at a women's college. And she's like, no, Mom, not everybody here identifies as a woman. And I was like, you're at a woman's college, hon. What's with that? Which I thought, okay, there you go, Kirsten. Now you're dating yourself. And she's like, no, mama, listen to this. And she starts kind of explaining this all to me. And she says, there's one person here who identifies as a phoenix. And I was like, a phoenix? Okay, before we get into the phoenix. Yes. So there are people at Bryn Mawr College, yes. all-women college, yes. who do not identify as women. Correct. Okay. And they may identify as? A man. They may identify male. They may identify as something else. And the thing we were talking about was somebody who doesn't identify as either, who identifies as what this person refers to as a phoenix. And so I had this conversation with her, and I was like, a phoenix? What do you mean a phoenix? Isn't that funny? So you feel like your initial response was a bit judgy? It was not only judgy, but it was confused. Like, I don't even understand how this all works. Because as you and I have talked about before, I like congruity. Yeah. Like, if you're at an all-women's college, shouldn't everybody be a woman? No, that's not the way it is, Kirsten. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yes. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I love learning like that, too. Yes, right? I it's love learning. It. And this generation is helping us learn so much about yes, gender. Yes, they are. About gender. Okay, and it's so interesting the because I had this conversation about the phoenix, and I actually love the image of a phoenix and what it means, this idea that you rise from the ashes, from whatever bad thing has happened, from your death, whatever. Remember when Harry Potter, the phoenix keeps rising? I mean, I just love that image. And so I thought, wow, that's really interesting. And because I love the image of a phoenix so much, I started to think about what it would mean to be a phoenix in the world. And I was like, oh, no. That person has got it figured out. Yeah, your perspective shifted. My my perspective not just shifted, but I embraced it. I was like, what must it be like to be in the world? And 
Like, as a woman, I think people have expectations of me that I am of service, that I am, you know, not loud, that I have a high EQ, that I love children, you know, all these things that people suppose about me because I'm a woman, and conversely, a man. I am strong, I'm able, I'm capable, I'm independent, all these things that we kind of, these biases we have about gender. I was like, wow, if you're a phoenix, you get to shake all that. You just get to be who you are, who you are. And that's what we're talking about today is authenticity, right? Who are you? And maybe the phoenix is the most authentic among us. Yeah. Oh, that's so Isn't that interesting? Great. Did you have a, happen to have a chance to meet this person? No. No, you not met the play. phoenix. Was, <gasps> right, she's 3,000 miles away. I was just talking to her. Yeah, to your daughter. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that story. It's not always comfortable to admit when we're wrong or when we judge or when we're just unaware yeah you haven't thought it through and get curious we talk about that get curious a lot and i think that's you know today's show is about authenticity and that's a really important component of authenticity and so first of all we have our first email very exciting very very exciting yes sent to sent to our email address you y-o-u get to work at gmail.com Anytime, folks, give us your feedback, your questions, your comments. Yeah. So the email for today is from Tammy V. And she says, Crean and Kirsten. Look That's at that. us. That's us, me and you. I just started a new job and went out with some friends to celebrate. We got on the topic of whether you can really be yourself at work. I feel like I definitely have my work self and my everything self, which my friends challenged and said we're just one self. What do you think? We've talked about authenticity a little bit in the context of a college campus. Let's talk about it in the context of work. Yes. Right? Because yes. that's what we talk about is work. Yes. I have to just pause for one second. Pause for though, a second. Because about two minutes ago, you said some people may assume because we're women, we have a high EQ. And I want to make sure our listeners know what EQ means. And that's emotional quotient. Oh, we thank use you for that word all the time. Yeah, we use that a lot. So it means we, you're highly attuned to... You're emotional. You understand. You have a high intelligence around other people's emotions. So you understand how other people's emotions work in a way, you know, you're very facile at that. Yeah. How okay. high is your EQ? It's like your intelligence quotient, your IQ. How smart are you? Right. How smart are you about emotions? How smart are you and about And people emotions? assume that women are better with emotions than men. Yeah. And sorry to take away from Tammy's letter. But Tammy V and authenticity. Let's bring her back around. Yeah, let's bring her back. Because I think she and her friends kind of do have an IEQ. Like they're like emotional quotient. Yeah. They're really truly thinking about yes. how they're going to be, how they're going to behave. And it sounds like. In the workplace. this is, And you know what? It is common, right? People who feel like they bring a different self to the work place is very, very common. I think it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. It manifests in a lot of different ways. Here's what's really interesting, though. There is a reason that we're talking about authenticity in the workplace. We start this show by talking about we want people to have meaningful work, joyous work, happy work. And you know I'm a data person. I always do this data stuff. But the studies show that people who are able to be more authentic at work are not only more satisfied, but more productive. Interesting. Right? So everybody has an interest. The boss, the owner, the employee, everybody has an interest so why in do authenticity. You, why do you think being authentic leads to satisfaction? Okay, Tammy, I hope we're addressing your email in this conversation, but why, you know, I think her friends are, wait, who's right? Her 
What are we talking about? When Tammy said she— Tammy says, what do we think about bringing your whole self to the workplace okay. or just having a work self? Got like, it. She says, I think about my dad. When my dad went to work, and I say this all the time, he just brought his work self. He was totally different outside of work, just yeah. a work self, right? Yeah. And I think that's kind of an age thing. It's a generational thing. But what Tammy is asking us is, hey, I think you should still keep bringing your work self to work. I don't think you should bring your whole self to work. And my friends think you should, right? Yeah. And I guess what the study tells me is you really should bring your whole self to work. You should bring your whole self to work. However, I think there are limits to this. Yes, there are definitely limits. So I know authenticity. I did a little bit of research to you. I know, shocking. Right? Shocking. And authenticity is one of those things that helps build long-term relationships. Yes. Because people, right, people want, they trust you, they get to know you better, etc. And as we've known, as we've talked about on the show, long-lasting, deep relationships are one of those things that leads to satisfaction mm-hmm. in the work. So it's like, start with being authentic, People will respect you, or you'll build better relationships in the workplace, and then you mm-hmm. will have a more satisfying life. Okay, however, authenticity does not mean that you distract me from my job for right. an hour talking right. about right. you know, the horrible thing that happened yeah. at home. And yes. I think that's hard because there are a lot of people who are just, look, this is who I am, right? I'm an open book. This is part of my life. I'm here. I spend a ton of my time here. I'm not going to hide the fact that drama is happening in my everyday life. So talk with me about that. Where's the line yeah. of bringing your whole self yeah. versus... So I think that when you talk about authenticity... You need to have, as we always talk about, a high level of self-awareness. What you bring into the workplace needs to be relevant to the circumstances, right? Don't start talking in the middle of a meeting about a budget, about who got arrested for DV at your house this weekend. Inappropriate. It's not relevant to the conversation, right? It needs to be genuine and real, not an exaggeration or a lie. And I think for folks, when you're trying to figure out how much to disclose... The kind of general consensus is that take a little bit of baby steps, right? Don't go all out in the very beginning. Just take small steps and see how it goes, right? So when you first go into a brand new workplace, yeah, yeah, you know, probably don't disclose that your husband has a restraining order against him. Unless it's a safety issue, then of course you should tell your boss, by the way. But generally speaking, those big, big things, big dramatic things – Wow, hold those off until you have built a relationship of trust with a friend, right? right? With a colleague. Right, so that's the one level of authenticity Mm -hmm. is how much of my life can I disclose? How much of the struggles can I disclose? How much of the joy can I disclose, Mm -hmm. right? So that's one type of authenticity that we talk about. And then there's the other one, which is almost like being professionally authentic, the ability to say you don't know something. Like, say, yes. say that you can admit that you don't know something. I don't know how to do this very well, or I don't think I did a very good job, or I was late on this, and I think I compromised your ability to get your part done, and I'm sorry about that. Right. Or I could have done better at this. Oh, yeah. Like, that kind of, doesn't that feel good when somebody says that to you? Right. So that's the other piece of oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, so... It's so freeing or when and wonderful. Like authentic, understands they know. Like they yes. does tell you, I would so much rather hear, no, I can't do that, or I have to change the deadline rather than someone who's just uh, ignores kind it, of afraid and doesn't feel comfortable. And I just think ignores the fact that they just you know left a big doo doo thing in my desk and walked away. 
right? That really rips me. But is that being inauthentic? Yes, or is that it just is. Being- you just left something on my desk and didn't acknowledge it. So then I have like no validation and I don't trust you, right? Yes. Whereas if you come in and say, hey, I love that big dude thing on your desk, I'm like, okay, let's figure this out. I want to work with you and figure it out, right? That authenticity inspires me to want to figure it out with you. Right. So how do we deal with this? Where's the balance? This is what I want to talk about. There's a flip side to this, okay? So I just expressed to you, like, what my feelings are when people are authentic with me in the workplace, right? And we know we want to be this way because it leads to satisfaction and good productivity, Right. right, and also it just feels good. Well, and also, yeah, it just feels good. I don't to want to not, put on a mask, right? I don't want, and also I want to keep track of like how I have to be in this place or that place. I, I don't, yeah. It's just when you bring your whole self, it takes less energy to be yourself. It does. Right? And can I just back up a little bit? Yes, too? of course. And it also like the getting the job where you can be authentic is really important. Yes. You know, yes. like, if you know that you're outdoorsy, don't take the desk job. If you know you're not good with details, don't, you know, become the— Take the editor job. Yeah, don't take don't the editor Don't edit for errors, don't right. Don't be the account. Yeah, and so I think that it does in some ways begin with knowing yourself well enough and to choose wisely mm-hmm. so that wherever you're going to earn that living, you can bring your whole authentic self. And your best skills, yeah. 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 So I was just saying, and we're going to leap around a little bit, so I apologize because this is really in my head No, big. you're tracking. You're in my head big, and I want to talk about it, is that I worked with a woman not too long ago who was absolutely, completely devoid of any personal life content. Okay? And so you think she was, she did not disclose. She did not, she was, let me just say, she did not disclose any personal detail about her life. And I will tell you, I've been on business trips with her conventions with her. I've been traveling with her. And in none of those experiences did she ever tell me anything personal about herself. I happen to know she had two children from somebody else. No details about those children. No pictures of those children in her office. No conversation about what she likes to do in her free time. And that was everybody's experience. Nobody had any idea what she was like, except over a budget, over a project. There was just so, consequently, everybody distrusted her. Nobody knew what she was about, so she could not create, and she's a boss, right? She's a boss. Was she good at her job? Oh, my gosh. She was amazing at her job. She is, yes, very high, high level of competency. So like a high performer. High, high, high performer, performer. But who completely shut people out of her personal life. Whose staff does not trust her. High performer, great at her job. Staff does not trust her because they don't know who they are dealing they with. Don't know who, yeah. They don't know who she is. And I have watched this situation for years and years, and it's finally come to an end for all sorts of reasons that don't need to be discussed, but I come back to this lack of authenticity. In fact, I was part of a 360 review for her early on. Which is where everybody in a 360 review, the person who's being reviewed is being reviewed by people all around them. all around them supervisors subordinates, subordinates coworkers, coworkers colleagues yep. sometimes outside parties yep. who they deal with yep so i was part of a 360 review and that's what i told the reviewer i said nobody trusts her because she is not authentic right and this is like do you think that's because you get the sense that she's just 
withholding information. And therefore, if she's not talking to us about that, then what yes. else is she not telling us? Absolutely. I don't know who she is. I don't know what her values are. I don't know what she believes in. I don't know what's important to her. I just did not have, one, any relationship with her. Yeah. Because I didn't trust her. What could she have done? What? Just tell me. What could she have done that would have changed that for you? I mean, maybe she wasn't. Un- maybe she was very uncomfortable. She was socially, you know, struggled socially. She's not socially awkward. She's very competent socially. Oh, interesting. No, she's a very, very competent socially. Very gregarious, and I wouldn't say quite extroverted, but certainly gregarious. And she's great at the small talk stuff. I wish she would have said to me. Gosh, I got to call check. I got to check in on my kids. Yeah. Or I wish she would have said, I'm going to go for a run after this. Right. Like, I'm serious. Like anything personal. There was nothing personal. No trust. You know how much I love Brene Brown. Yes. Who who doesn't doesn't? love Brene Brown? Who doesn't? And she talks about authenticity in a way that I really wish I would have been able to sit down with this person and say, listen, you know, you really need to show up. You need to show up. Because we're here trying to work with you, and we need your whole self to show up. People are drawn to people who are authentic because they trust them. Yeah. Okay, we're drawn to people we know aren't going to hurt us. And I think that people believe that she might hurt them. So what does Brene Brown okay, sorry, say about, Brene Brown, no, I what does she about say safety. about it? She says with authenticity, she's like, you have to have the courage to be emotionally honest. So it's courage. You have to be vulnerable because that's the other side of courage, right? Is vulnerability. Yeah, Yeah, that's hard. Right? It's really hard. It is hard. It's really hard being vulnerable. It is hard, especially, yes. It's hard being vulnerable. Publicly or with people, your strangers Mm -hmm. or people at work. Okay, yes. This is the part I really love. She talks about we need to have compassion that we're all bringing our strengths and struggles to the table. Yes. We're all bringing our strengths and struggles. And assume the The best best intent. We're all trying to do our best. assume, please. And then she also talks about allowing for connection and belonging. And so you think authenticity is just about being who you are. But when you break it down like she does into the elements, you know, courage, emotional honesty. Oh, yeah. She talks about setting boundaries. She always talks about boundaries. Good, Brene. I almost left that one out. Of course I left that one out. The boundary one is the one I choose to leave out. No, you have the best boundaries. I really don't. You don't? No, terrible. But that's another story. Allowing for vulnerability, compassion, connection, and belonging, right? right. I wish I would able to say to this person, I just think she would have just been like, the most successful person I know. If she could have taken all of her strengths and skills and created some authenticity in the workplace so that she could inspire confidence and trust in her staff. And she would have had a more satisfying work environment, as Absolutely. we've seen. And so how do you build that? How do you start that? I had a coworker who, for years, had imposter syndrome. Oh, so okay, <laughs> let's just pause on this for a second because imposter syndrome, I think, is... I just want to do a little footnote here, totally unrelated, off topic. But I think that women have imposter syndrome more than men do. Like my sister and I talk about this all the time. Like when she was first had her vet clinic, she was like waiting for someone to come in and say, sorry, you can't be operating on those animals. Who do you think you are? Yes. And I had the same thing happen to me as a lawyer. Like someone's going to say, I, you can't stand up before the judge. What do you mean? So I just want to acknowledge that I think some of us have that anyway. Yeah. I think so. And, right, no matter what. I mean, maybe it's, it's a, on, even on a smaller scale. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know if I should be speaking in this meeting. I don't know if what I have to say is worth listening to. Or I'm young and everyone around me has got, you know, a, 
half a career under their belt. Why would I say anything? Why would I say anything? I really don't belong at this table. Or I don't belong in this room. Or and, in my case, and then like, we stop. Yeah, and we say no. Stop. You are there. And you belong. Right. Or the, I'm the only woman here. Maybe I'll just let oh, the well, dudes ha- you handle You belong. It. Go move forward. Yeah. So my situation um, just was this fabulous, wonderful woman who had imposter syndrome, who was so concerned if she were to present her authentic self in a meeting that she would be judged unnecessarily mm-hmm. or really come across as less than. So what she did instead was stifle her voice. And, you know, behind closed doors, I would see her brilliance. We would have great conversations. She always had a lot. She was incredibly insightful, thoughtful. She had a lot to offer. And yet in meetings or when she had to do a presentation, she was... She did not bring her whole she self. She did not bring her whole self. No, and she spent so much time and energy focusing on controlling what she was going to say and choosing every word perfectly and trying to have come across as polished and perfect and in every single way that the content of what she was going to say was lost. She spent way too much energy on trying to project something that she didn't believe she was so that we didn't get the benefit of her wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, behind closed doors, I was able to coach her and help her and help build confidence and help build her awareness so that I think now she is thriving. But it's really an interesting thing where, again, her satisfaction in her job, and if that's all I had to judge her from, if I didn't have those behind the scenes you conversations, would not have I would not have known. And I probably would have judged her unfairly. I would have seen her as way less competent, competent. and capable than she was. Yeah. And, and, now, and this if, is a, Karina, this is a great message for people. Sometimes when you are not bringing your authentic self to work, when you are overcompensating for something, people don't really see your brilliance or your no, skills. And your, this is a great, like, wow, you think you're covering for something that you're missing or not good at. And in reality, what you're doing is you're stifling your brilliance. You're darkening your light. Absolutely. And I would have much rather have heard from her the things that she was genuinely passionate about or that she had genuine, you know, some things that she was could genuinely add value to. Mm-hmm. And the other stuff, I, I would have taken yes. it. I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel yeah. uncomfortable here. But like I said, in her mind, she had to be everything she had to be perfect in every way and knew that she knew that she wasn't. She felt like she was faking it. So then she focused on the wrong things. And Okay, you know, does this story have like a good ending? Like did were you able to kind of coach her into her true self? Yes. And she, like I said, is thriving now. I don't work with her anymore, but I think she is thriving. And I think it's because she finally saw what she had to offer. You know, she did some deep exploration. But frankly, this is something that I think in a lot of ways, does begin with the workplace culture. And those of you who are managers and leaders, not just positional leaders, but leaders in general, because we know there are leaders all across you organizations. Where you, are. you lead from, you where, lead you from are. where you are. So there we're are. all leaders. In some way, we're all leaders. Oh my. Even if you're not in a position of power or leadership. You're a leader. You, there is some look, folks, you exercise influence, believe me, mm-hmm. as someone who... Used to have a big staff. It wasn't just the positional leaders that led that organization. So anyway, but the workplace culture, it really does does begin with that. Mm -hmm. So if your boss, like in the case of your story, I'm really curious, what was it like to work there? Did anyone else? Super dysfunctional. Very unhappy. Yeah, did anyone? No, people leaving all the time, can't keep anybody, and a combination of people quitting and people being fired. No longevity, despite the fact that they paid enormously well, 
with great benefits. So the one missing element, the little secret in the sauce. Yep. Authenticity. Was just getting, having a real connection. There you go, Tammy V. Do we need authenticity in the workplace? Absolutely. Yes. And if you do not bring your whole self to work, you basically like prevent the opportunity for all the productivity, all the efficiency, all of the meaning. You know, you there's a barrier to that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the space that you're not showing. I need you to bring your whole self, not your whole drama. No. Let's not be clear about yeah. that. Leave yeah. that drama in the bike rack. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. You've heard that bike rack. You know, in big meetings, when somebody says something that's total non sequitur, like doesn't make sense, facilitators frequently say, we're going to put that in the parking lot over here. Exactly. But But you want to change it to a bike rack. I'm so tired of the parking lot. You know, I have to tell you, I love the parking lot (laughs) because it's efficient. Because you're like, "Mm -mm, you're so off base here, but I do not want to invalidate you. I know. So I'm going to take your thing and I'm going to put it over here because I'm going to get back to that. I know, but I'm putting it in a bike rack. Not right now. And I like the bike rack. I knew immediately what you meant when you said I'm going to put it in the bike rack. No car. We're moving away from car centric. So anyway. I don't even know where we were in that. You know, see, we just, did you see what I just did I there? I just saw what you just said. We're going to put that in I your bike I admitted I didn't know what mm-hmm. I was doing. Mm-hmm. That's authenticity. That's authenticity. Here we are. I'm clueless. Living in authenticity. <laughs> it's the truth. And I'm okay with it. Bring your whole self. Don't bring your whole drama. Mm-hmm. I love that phrase, Krita. Bring your whole self, but don't bring your whole drama. Can I bring a little bit of drama? You know, only if it's fun. <laughs> if it's fun, you yeah. can't. If it's a funny story, for sure. Don't bring me down. Don't bring me down unless you're my really good friend. Yeah. And then to understand if you're my really good friend, you have to listen to Friends in the Workplace. The episode? Yes. Yes. If you're my friend even and we're working, don't tell me all your stuff until we're on a lunch break. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but truly. That's the whole boundary piece about what our – Yes. What the fabulous Brene Brown says, boundaries. You know, what are you supposed to be doing right now? I'm supposed to be working. Now I have a break. Now I have lunch. It's really interesting, though. I think my biggest learning was I really do love Brene Brown, and I've read her books. And, of course, there's the, you know, like, she is all over the place, videos and the whole bit. If you if you haven't dug into Brene Brown, it's time, whoever is listening. But the thing I loved the most was just really a revisiting this vulnerability mm-hmm. and this willing to, if you're going to be authentic, guess what? You're not perfect. Yeah. If and neither right. am I. Oh neither, yeah. yeah. Right. So if you're gonna be authentic, you have to be okay not being perfect. And professionally, that is hard because if I'm not perfect at my job, then is my job gonna be threatened? You know what I mean? I may not. And you you wait. This is a this is an interesting segue, Karina, because we're talking about authenticity by choice. I get it to choose. I get yes. to choose not what I has disclose. That benefit. And not everybody is in that position. If I'm disabled, if I'm in a wheelchair, if I'm blind, if I'm a person of color, all of these things, you know, sometimes like I have coworkers that have scars, right? There are things that we don't get to choose about what we disclose. And so I just think that's something interesting mm-hmm. to think about when we work with people is how we receive them because they are disclosing something to us yeah. in that relationship, right? right? And that's where I think we get to this place of allowing for vulnerability, compassion for strengths and struggles. Yeah. And allowing each other, ourselves and each other, 
to be who we are mm-hmm. so that we can have a more meaningful workplace yeah. and, frankly, a more meaningful life. Folks, I'm so curious what you think about this that I hope you write us at you. Y-O-U. Get to work. Get to work. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Thank you so much for being here. I love these conversations, Kirsten. Me too. Yeah. And it just, I love this particular one because it strikes me that this is really core to what we're all talking about here, which is how do you find meaning and joy in your work? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it, people. Have a great week. Okay. Thanks for working. Bye. Well, that was fun. If you liked that episode, find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, take a look at our website at yougettowork.com. Thanks for listening. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded at community-powered KMRE 102.3 FM in Bellingham, Washington, and streaming at kmre.org. And thanks to our sound engineer, Kevin Leja. Thanks, Kevin.